the March 8, 2019 edition of Weekly Signals Meltdown. Broadcasting from Studio A at KUCI 88.9 FM, Irvine, California. I'm Nathan Callahan. And I'm Mike Caspar. And, as always, the reason Prince Harry traveled to Berlin alone this week, <laughs> Mahler, the fake news dog. Wow. Yes. Coming up, the March 15th school strike for climate, the fringe presidency. Yeah. Kareem Abdul Jabbar. That's right. <laughs> and more. But first, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, it's kind of difficult to say, Mike. Okay. But, uh, do you use toilet paper? When I have to. So you don't like have a bidet or anything? No, like yeah. no. Although I've toyed with a Helen Caldicott approach to toilet sanitation. Like, what, you mean what Mahler does? <laughs> like the, no, I don't. No, I don't go outside and rub my butt on the lawn. Yeah. No, I don't do oh, that. Okay. okay. I thought that's what Caldicott uh, did. Well, no, she, she had a different approach. What? Which was to, <laughs> literally to have little towels. Towelettes. Towelettes that you would be Moist washing. Towelettes. No, recyclable, washable. <laughs> Never mind. A new report found that Americans use more toilet paper than any other group of backsides in the world. (laughs) With a TP market that generates $31 billion every year. Oh, my God. The report conducted by the Natural Resources Defense Council. They're great people. Yes. You ever want to know what to do with your money? You have a little bit hanging around? Go to nrdc.org. Yes. And think about what they do. Yes. Anyway, this new uh, research by the NRDC shows that your love of tree pulp paper products, not you, Caldecott, but other folks' love of tree pulp paper products is degrading Canadian forest habitats and threatens indigenous communities. Even though the U.S. accounts for just 4% of the world's population, the U.S. is responsible for 20% of total global toilet paper use. That's a lot of wiping. Yeah, that is a lot of wiping. And yeah. ca- anecdotally. Yeah. People that I've anecdotally. lived with, <laughs> anecdotally, I'm just saying this. I don't know this to be true for everyone. It may not be true for you, Nathan Callahan. But my unscientific survey is that people use a lot of yeah. toilet paper per session, shall we say. I'll a say. lot. Yeah. I- I've been stunned by how yeah, much. Yeah, I mean, just how many squares do you need? I'm not asking people to be that frugal. But I've known people that, that go through a roll of toilet paper in like less than a week. That's a lot. That's a, yeah, I'll say. Yeah. Well, there's like 400 squares on that thing. Yeah. You divide that up. It's what a are lot. you doing? I, I don't know. I don't know what they're doing. I swear. You know, I just I don't poop want to once know. a day. Yeah. I don't know about you. Well, you know, you know every once in a while something yeah. unusual happens. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah, you, know, you know, what, what are you going to do? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All our news about that. Anyway, enough of this. Yes. But the point is. We use an inordinate amount yeah. of toilet paper. It's having an environmental yeah. impact on our 20% world. 20% total global paper use, even though we're only 4% of the population. The uh, National Resources Defense Council, NRDC.org, describes the manufacturing and consumption of paper products as a tree-to-toilet pipeline. <laughs> yeah, this yeah, tree-to-toilet pipeline, Mahler. It's where trees are cut down to make pulp, which is turned into paper that is soon flushed away. Yeah. So you can do what you're doing. Yeah. Well, what are you using? A towel. A towel. Or you can use a bidet. Yes. Which is true. Or you can stock up on toilet paper, but use 
recycled toilet paper. Yes. There's a whogivesacrap.org, which is a great little paper company. It's made from recycled paper. Mm -hmm. It's not very pricey at all. It's a good deal no. if, you're, if you're buying in bulk. Yeah, it sounds good. You know? no, and 50%, 50%, half the profit goes to build toilets for people in need of toilets. There you go. Which is huge because, issue, yeah. you know, the, the biggest health advancement in the history of civilization? Plumbing. Good toilets. Yeah. You got to move that stuff away. Yeah. It's important. Well, Mueller, <laughs> Mueller, listen, don't you start bragging about the way you take care of it, because yeah, yeah. I can't play bocce ball anymore because of you, okay? <laughs> Speaking of crap, yeah. you remember when <laughs> Corinthian Colleges, headquartered right down the road in Santa Ana, defrauded tens of thousands of low-income students out of as much as $100 million in federally-backed loans? Yes, I do. You remember that? Yeah, I do. Not that long ago. No, not that long. I hope long. they burn in hell. Yeah, I know, yeah. exactly. Well, the Securities and Exchange Commission just settled its case against Jack Massimino and Robert Owen, the leading bad guys at Corinthian Colleges in this big ripoff. Yes. The fines were pocket change for them. Orange County jackasses. Exactly. I mean, there's jackasses everywhere, don't get me wrong. I just yeah. want to well, say... They're from, from our end of town. Yes. The penalties for their violations of securities law were $80,000 against Massimino and $20,000 against Owen. Now you say, well, that's a lot. No, neither had to admit wrongdoing. That's one thing. Neither is barred from serving again as an officer or director of another publicly traded company. Is that right? Yeah. This is one of the biggest scandals in yeah. all of higher education. Right. They ripped off $100 million from people that were having trouble paying for things. And school debt is not excusable. You're stuck with school debt for the rest of your life. As it stands now, yes. Yeah. Uh, Massimino, who was the Corinthian College's chairman and chief executive, was paid $9.6 million from 2011 to 2013. Wow. And so he's paying 80000 back. How much of that $9.6 was ripped off? Right. Probably uh, most of it. Yeah. And Owen, Corinthian College's chief financial officer, was paid $2.6 million over the same period. The collapse of Corinthian was and still is the largest collapse of an institution of higher education in American history, if you want to call it that, higher education. It isn't. Corinthian filed for bankruptcy protection in 2015 and is now defunct. They're gone. Senators Elizabeth Warren of Massachusetts, Richard Blumenthal of Connecticut, Sherrod Brown of Ohio, and Richard Durbin of Illinois wrote to Trump SEC Chairman Jay Clayton, demanding an explanation for the weakness of the settlement, calling it an insult to victims of Corinthians' fraud. Yes. An insult to the students that Trump's federal government is still pursuing. They're still going after the people for the debts. Yes. Uh, debts worth far more than the fines. Exactly. A real punishment would have been, I don't know how this would work, for them to pay back the student yeah. debt. That would have yeah. been the real punishment. An equal punishment yeah. for the crime. Of commensurate, yes. Uh, they called the settlement, Warren and Brown and the rest, they called the settlement shocking in its failure to appropriately hold these executives accountable. Well, there are a couple things in play here. Betsy DeVos is Secretary of Education. She is... BDV. She's a big supporter of for-profit universities. They've become omnipresent on television, 
and they present themselves as a real alternative to UCI and, and establish educational institutions. That's one thing. These people have been buying politicians pretty steadily and handily for a while. Uh -huh. Second thing, let's not forget our president was running a scam for yeah. profit Trump college. University. Trump University. He was fined $25 million. He got off really easy on that one. So The ocean is running out of breath. <sighs> so am I. So am I when I read the news. In the past decade, ocean oxygen levels have taken a dive, an alarming trend that is linked to climate change. It's no surprise to scientists that warming oceans are losing oxygen, but the scale of the dip is dramatic and calls for immediate attention. Yeah. It called for attention about 40 years ago. Yes. Oxygen levels in some tropical regions have dropped by 40% oh in the God. last 50 years. Global levels have dropped an average of 2%. Ocean animals respond to even slight changes in oxygen by moving to higher oxygen zones or by adjusting their behavior. Like, they might wiggle their tail more. I don't know what they do. But, you know, adjusting their behavior. That's, yeah, yeah, this yeah. Is, that's science talk there. Yeah. I mean, they, they might hide a little bit more. They might... They might be less active. They yeah. may be, you know, so they're less likely to reproduce or I don't other. Know if adjusting is the right word. Yeah, Their yeah. behavior changes when they have less oxygen, yes. as it would for you or I. <laughs> it exactly yes. would. Uh, yeah. That wiggle or that little adjustment can expose the fishies to new predators or force animals into food scarce regions. Climate change already poses serious problems for marine life. For example, ocean acidification, but oxygenation is the most pressing issue facing sea animals today. So what do we do? <laughs> I, I mean, I'm just, it's a You're rhetorical right? question. In terms of the scientific community. Well, you have one of those hand pumps for your bicycle. <laughs> you go, you go down to the ocean. Everybody. You stick one of the, you stick the end, the air end, yeah. into the water, and you just start pumping. It's a great workout, too. Yeah, yeah and just it's lots of bubbles. Thousands of people along the shoreline pumping bicycle pumps. Yeah. I like the visual on that. I don't know it's uh, going to work. I don't know. I don't know what we do. No. Stop eating burgers. Stop eating burgers. Yeah. Yes. Now Mike and I are going to take away your burgers. Right. It reminds me, I was in a dental office a while back, and at the time, they were saying that people shouldn't drive black cars because they absorb heat, and they use the air conditioning more, and yeah. and all those things that happens with having a dark-colored car. Right. And the assistant to the dentist was saying, they're not going to take away my freedoms. Yeah. I can have any color car I want. Jesus Christ. Do you remember? This is not what freedom is about. No, it's you not. Know? In the Obama administration, the Secretary of the Interior, I believe he won a, a Nobel Prize yeah. for his work, <laughs> yeah. in, right? Yeah. And he was suggesting that people paint their roofs white yeah. because it would reflect the sunlight. A lighter color. A lighter color. Yeah. And he was ridiculed, like you're talking about here. Don't take away my freedom to paint my roof. Yeah. Don't take away my freedom to eat a hamburger. Meanwhile, all these things are affecting the entire world, and you're going to die saying, don't take away my freedom to eat a hamburger because you ate a hamburger. People don't understand that in addition to the cost of that hamburger, in addition to a subsidized hamburger, the government subsidizes these gigantic <laughs> farms, which your taxpayer dollars are going for that to happen. But also on the top of that, there are social costs that are never factored into these discussions. The social cost, which are the costs that we all pay uh -huh. in order to support your dollar hamburger from McDonald's. Yeah. They're, and they're extensive and they are damaging your to all of us. Your red meat heart attacks that we pay extra insurance for to exactly. have your coronary bypass. Yeah. Oh, Speaking of serious problems with warming waters, a new study outlines the impact 
of warming waters on fish. Yeah. Uh, fish species. Fisheries located in the Sea of Japan and the North Sea experienced as much as a 35% drop in fish numbers. So commercial fishing is taking a hit here. Yeah. On account of the warming waters. On average, researchers found that the numbers of fish in critical fisheries around the world have decreased by 4% since 1930. It doesn't seem like much, but if you take all the fisheries in the world, that's a big chunk of fish. And These are fisheries. Warmer waters can make some fisheries smaller by putting metabolic stress on the fish, making it harder for them to reproduce or find food. Warm waters can also cause zooplankton, essential fish food, to decline. All of this has cascading impacts on the rest of the food chain, including you and me. Yeah, we're going to be part of the cascading effect pretty soon. Yeah. By the way... Yeah, you too, Mahler. Yeah, and you too, Mahler. The 35%. Yeah, yeah, well... Okay, 35%. I think that's what you said. 35%, 35% in the Sea of Japan and North Sea. Yeah, I just happened to see a documentary about sharks. Oh. And sharks are being killed for their fins, for fin soup, uh, which soup. is a delicacy uh -huh. in parts of the world. 100 to 150 million sharks are now being killed every year. Wow. 100 to 150 million. It depends on who you're talking to. Things. You're not just removing sharks from the equation. You're taking out something in the food chain they're that's going the, to affect everything else. They're at the very high end of the food chain. Yeah. And when you take away the, the highest end predator, you call them the, you can call them that if you want predator. That's what high they are. High end predator. predator. Out of the food chain, like taking us out of the food chain, it has a dramatic impact. <laughs> if this news frightens you, may I recommend a donation to KUCI-FM to settle your spirits? Just go to KUCI.org. Your generous donation is how we stay on air. Commercial-free, free-form, free-speech radio. KUCI.org. Glaciers are shrinking. Ice on rivers and lakes is breaking up earlier. Fires are burning through California. Animals are suffering. Sea levels are rising. On March 15th, tens of thousands of high school and middle school students in more than 30 countries plan to skip school to demand that politicians treat the global climate crisis as the emergency it is, goddammit. The March 15th school strike for climate is inspired by Swedish teen Greta Thunberg, who's been on strike outside the Swedish Parliament building every Friday since September and supports the Green New Deal. Thunberg spoke at the World Economic Forum in Davos, that's where you might have first heard of her, and yeah. told business and government leaders, I want you to panic, because they were treating her like, oh, you know, Don't we're panic. taking care of things. Yeah. Don't go into a tizzy fit here. Now, I would want you to panic, she said. I want you to feel the fear I feel every day. <coughs> you know, it's like Mahler feels every day. If, yeah. Every time at least we come in here and start talking about this stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's just, yeah. this is frightening stuff. The Ides of March. Yes. The Ides of March. School strike for climate. <coughs> Anyone going to school right now, you might want to take the day off. By the way, British Prime Minister Theresa May, who's in a world of hurt right now yeah. on a lot of different levels, scolded Thunberg and said, you know, you shouldn't skip school, honey. It's one day. Patted her on Theresa the head. May. Might as well have just patted her on the head yeah. and told her, don't yeah. worry. Yeah. You know, I went into Trader Joe's 
the other day. Did you? It was on Wednesday, yeah. yeah. And uh, I overheard two men talking, and they were talking really loud. <laughs> and one of the guys says, the Green New Deal is so impractical. So I go over and I say, not having the Green New Deal is impractical. <laughs> yes. It's ridiculous. Yes. I said this to him, and they're just sitting there wide-eyed, these two guys. You I'm know, sure like, they did not expect yeah, yeah, this to happen. Yeah, yes, yeah. Yes. I said, read some science. You guys probably just listen to Fox News, so uh, you know, what can I do about it? Yeah. Then I looked at the one guy, and I say to him, but thanks for attending Ash Wednesday services today. And he looked really frightened, like maybe I was a member of his church, but I pointed to his forehead. Yeah. 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 Because he had this big, you know, yeah. he had the yes. little cross, the ashes there. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Good for I you, do. Nathan. It's impractical. What's impractical is not doing something about yeah. this. Yeah. You just said you've been heard. <laughs> yeah. And now you've been served. No. <laughs> You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM, Irvine, California. Visit us at facebook.com slash KUCI 88.9 on our Tumblr blog at KUCIRadio.tumblr.com on Twitter at KUCI FM on Instagram at KUCI FM. Stream us live on iTunes. Go to Internet College University, KUCI 88.9 FM. Remember that U.S. and China trade war thing we had going on there a few months ago? <laughs> yeah. Remember how that was big news? Oh, it was huge was news. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah As it stands now, under the trade deal, the U.S. would end most of the tariffs from last year. China would end its tariffs, make some changes in investment and competition policies, and buy a certain amount of U.S. ag and uh, energy products. But the trade deal as it's now described, would do little to correct the big complaint Donald Trump was squawking about. He's going to claim victory, though. Go yeah, ahead. Yeah. The imbalance in U.S.-China trade. Yes. Oh, he trains victory every time <laughs> yeah, he gets yeah. out of bed. Yeah. So it's going to be pretty much what his big North American free trade agreement was, which is more like NAFTA 0.8. <laughs> you know, It's like going backward, really, it really considering is. where you could have gone. Exactly. Even if most of the tariffs go away, Trump's idiocy, really, and yeah. his sociopathic behavior yeah. has made the U.S. look like a rotten banana republic. Yeah. According to economist Paul Krugman, a guest on Weekly Signals here many years ago. Yes, he was. Kind of a grumpy man. Yes. But nevertheless, being an economist during yeah. George W. Bush was makes people grumpy. Yeah. He said, the whole world now knows two things about us, the U.S. First, we're not reliable. An agreement with the U.S. is really just a suggestion because you never know when the president will invent some excuse for breaking it. Right. True. True. And second, we're easily rolled. The president may talk tough on trade, but in classic bully fashion, he runs away if confronted. Yes, right. this is true. Yeah. You, you mentioned NAFTA. That was just a joke. Yeah. They just basically renamed it and made it a little bit worse. Yeah, it was exactly the same as what Obama had set up yeah. to have just happen automatically. Yeah. Now it's the same acronym as the United States Marine Corps. Yeah, just about. Just yeah. about, and, and, <laughs> and it's worse. Yeah. yeah. The 2020 presidential campaigns... Yeah, the, 2020, the 2020 presidential campaigns are just getting started. But Democrats, I think, have 84 candidates so far. <laughs> I, I'm not real sure uh -huh. I counted. Although I'm disappointed that Sherrod Brown didn't get it. Yeah. I thought he would have been a good addition just yeah. because of where he's from yeah. and his policies. But Donald Trump is already saying that Democrats can't beat him fairly and that if he loses next November, the election 
was not legitimate. It's dangerous to talk like that. It is. Can you imagine any other president in our in our lifetime ever saying this about an upcoming election that he's not sure it's going to be legitimate? It undermines a cornerstone of our democracy. Yes. Elections. Yes. And it's lying to the harebrained base. Yes. That he has, which makes them think that somehow we've all conspired against them. Yeah. And these first, are violent people. First of all, he lost the popular vote last yeah. time. No, yes. No, he didn't. <laughs> Yes. It's all so, those illegal votes from California. This is just making me crazy. Yeah. Secondly, the thing that scares me about Trump is he's not trying to expand his base. He doesn't care if anyone outside of the Fox bubble really supports him. Yeah. What he's banking on is deepening the support within his base so that it becomes more fanatical, if yeah. anything else, and hoping that whoever the Democrats nominate, there's enough people to peel off beyond the 35% that will be enough to get him over the finish line. This is a horrible way to govern. Yeah. The Democrats in Congress yesterday were vicious and totally showed their cards for everyone to see. Trump tweeted, referring to House Democrats launching an investigation into his criminal activity. When the Republicans had the majority, they never acted with such hatred and scorn. No. No. They acted 10 times worse. <laughs> yeah. They yelled liar at Obama's State of the Union. Yeah. In the State of the Union. I know. They suggested Obama was from Kenya. Yeah. Some of them still believe he was from Kenya. By the way, Donald Trump launched his political cr campaign on the back of the birther movement, yeah. which is a racist movement. And they wouldn't even meet with Obama's legitimate Supreme Court nominee. Right. And yet he's claiming that they're showing him hatred and scorn. The Dems are trying to win an election in 2020 that they know they cannot legitimately win, Trump said. Trump 2020 campaign secretary oh. Kaylee Mianeni said the same thing. These desperate Democrats know they cannot beat President Trump in 2020, so instead they have embarked on a disgraceful witch hunt. So how many witches have we put in jail? Yeah, a bunch. Yeah. We're going to put a bunch more in jail. Yeah. This is also laying the groundwork for him to say that I'm not leaving office yeah. if I do lose. What does that look like? You'll have some investigation into the vote count in California and try and drag this thing out. But I mean, literally, yeah. constitutionally, the logistics of him being in office on, on January 21st, 2021, what does that look like? Yeah. Does the president who was elected stand for his swearing-in ceremony? Has Trump got armed guards there to prevent this from happening? Uh, no, no. By the and, way, uh, oh, go ahead. Sarah Aunt Lydia Sanders, you know her. She, yes, she yes. just trumpeted the same thing, saying the only way the Democrats can win is illegitimately. It's con artist tactic. He may fear that there are indictments waiting for him the day he walks out of the... Oh, the, there will be. Yeah, and there will be. Yeah. And he can extend his days as a free man by staying in the White House. So there is this perverse logic to him saying that he's still president when he's yeah. not because then he can't, quote-unquote, be indicted. A Harvard psychiatrist says Donald Trump's actions are signs of a severe, continuous mental disturbance. Lance Dodez makes the case that Trump suffers from a dangerous sociopathic disorder. And here's the checklist. Trump's sociopathic checklist. Yes. Yeah. Oh, boy. Failure to conform to lawful behavior. Check. <laughs> Deceitfulness or conning others for personal profit or pleasure. Check. Impulsivity. 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> Irritability and aggressiveness? Mm-hmm. Reckless disregard for the safety of others. Well, yeah. If you want to count what's gone on with the border there, at his rallies and called for... People to be beat up. Yeah. Or putting children in cages. Yeah. That's... Uh... Consistent irresponsibility. Repeated failure to sustain consistent work behavior or honor financial obligations. Oh, yes. Check, 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 check. <laughs> Lack of remorse, being indifferent to or rationalizing having hurt, mistreated, or stolen from others. Checkmate <laughs> yes. on that, yes. Dodez says ah, there's a serious is... risk that Trump will start a war to distract us from his failures and that there is a serious chance that Trump will destroy democracy in the U.S. Yeah. yeah. The psychiatrist, he contributed to a book called The Dangerous Case of Donald Trump, 27 Psychiatrists and Mental Health Experts Assess a President. Yeah. They did disclaim it and say, you know, we we can't really completely assess them unless we're. This is called in a room this is called them. the Goldwater Rule. Yeah, which yeah. is uh, some psychiatrist back in the day when Johnson and Goldwater were running. Some psychiatrist said he's nuts. The psychiatrist association went crazy. Pardon the, pardon the uh, alliteration there. Pardon they, the they, redundancy. The redundancy. Thank yes, you. Yeah. So there's now this psychiatrists aren't allowed to do this. This is not applicable to this situation, by the way. There's time and time again where he's shown these yeah, traits. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we say, well, how is he destroying democracy? He's already eroded it by attacking the principle of balance of powers. Yeah. He's attacked the judicial system in Congress, a judicial system that he's put a lot of in place. He's attempted to gather all the power to himself. He's tried to destroy our free press by claiming they're fake news, and the press is the enemy of the people. He's a sociopath. Donald Trump is crazy. He is a sociopath. Yeah, well, not you, Mark. No. no. Meanwhile, yeah. Senate Majority Leader Republican Mitch McConnell <laughs> is preparing to invoke a new nuclear option by reducing the amount of time for debate over district-level judicial nominees from 30 hours to two hours. Right. 30 hours to two hours. Right. This is at a time when you know, Trump is stacking the federal-level judgeships yeah. with right-wing Federalist Society yeah. Lunatics. What if you're going in for a job interview and they say, oh, it'll be an hour interview. And then the guy says, well, we don't really need an hour. We yeah. need four minutes. Yeah, we'll give you four minutes. Yeah. What, yeah. what is that? Yeah. You can't find out enough about people that are going to affect law in this country for 20, 30 years right. in just two hours. Yeah. <sighs> Let's review very quickly Far. the treasonous behavior of Mitch McConnell. It, a treasonous in regard to back when Obama was still president and he went to the leadership of the Republicans and Democrats and said, our FBI is telling me that these things are happening with Trump and his campaign and his connections with the Russians. He asked them to give him the cover, the approval to go forward and tell the American people about it. Obama did. Yeah, Obama wanted to do this, but he wasn't going to do it without their approval. He didn't want to be seen as being overly partisan and somehow this was trying to rig the election. Mitch McConnell said no. Yeah. He told him, no, you can't do that. He's already axed the 60-vote threshold. Right. Now it's just a simple majority. Right. That was for judgeships, for judges, yeah. yeah. And he's also gotten rid of blue slipping. That's a longstanding Senate tradition that allows senators to nix the nomination of objectionable nominees from their home state. So senators from California right. could say, well, we don't want that judge. if yeah. they Feinstein. And, and, or and it's not just frivolous. Yeah. They yeah, have to go say. through a lot of proof. So, so much for states' rights. The tinderbox of Europe, the Balkans, are getting dicey. Yeah, they are. 
as thousands protest in Montenegrin and Serbian capitals. For the past few weeks, the capitals of both Montenegro and Serbia have seen large-scale demonstrations by protesters who, despite being in two separate nations, are voicing anger against government corruption, moves against the freedom of journalists, and in support of policies that will move both nations closer to membership in the European Union. Yeah. That's Montenegro is a tiny nation. Yeah. I call it the tinderbox because, you know, World War One. Exactly. Started there. Thank you. Thank you. And, yes. And, and Serbia has been a, an eyesore in the news over the last several decades. Yeah. Montenegro is a member of the North Atlantic Treaty Organization and is hoping that it will be admitted to the EU under the new EU expansion that could come by 2024. And by the way, the Russians have been agitating in Montenegro now for a while. They did not want to see it join NATO. Yeah. In fact, Trump actually bizarrely brought it up one day for no particular reason, said, I would hate to see Montenegro be the reason for World <laughs> War III. When people are looking around like, yeah. what are you talking about? Yeah. So this is a Russian thing, too. Yeah. They're involved in this. Yeah. It's upheaval. For four consecutive weeks now, thousands of protesters have gathered in the capital, calling President Milo Dukanovic to step down. The rally started after Dusko Nezevic, a former political ally of Dukanovic, accused the president that his democratic socialists had been dealing in murky financial deals and corruption. And in the Serbian capital, there are similar protests, demonstrations that have been going on for the past 13 weeks. The protests want to force the resignation of President Aleksandar Vukic and end the rule of the Serbian Progressive Party, who the protesters say have imposed autocratic rule. Despite the growing protest, Vukic is defiant. He was elected in September of 2017 and favors a nationalistic stance on politics, like Trump, yeah. one that would see Serbia look to Moscow rather than Brussels, like go. Trump. Even though there is an application in Brussels for EU membership, that's not likely to happen before 2025. Yeah. Hey, who's your favorite NBA player, Mike? Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. You like that guy, huh? I loved Kareem. As yeah. a player, yeah. I thought he was awesome. As a person, I like him even more. I told you I saw him once, right? Yeah. At UCLA. Yeah. I saw him play. One of his first games. Lou Alcindor. Yeah. Back uh, then, he was yeah, Lou Alcindor. He was Lou, yeah. Lou Alcindor back then, yeah. A great guy. He's smart. Yes. He likes jazz. Yeah. <laughs> check, check. And he's always been, I think, humble yeah. about his fame yeah. and his wealth. Perspective. He yeah. has perspective on all these things. A thoughtful man. I couldn't agree more. Yeah, Kobe, take a lesson. <laughs> Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's collection of memorabilia from his Hall of Fame career fetched nearly $3 million at auction. Abdul-Jabbar put 234 lots of memorabilia, including four of his six NBA championship rings, for sale with most of the proceeds going to his Skyhook Foundation. Awesome. The Skyhook. That was a pretty amazing shot. Yeah, still widely considered to be the most unstoppable shot in the history of the yeah, NBA. Yeah. He helped kids learn about science, technology, engineering, and math in the Skyhook Foundation. When it comes to choosing between storing a championship ring or a trophy in a room or providing kids with an opportunity to change their lives, the choice is pretty simple. Sell it all, he said. That's something that Trump could learn from. Amen. You know, there's a reason why they called him the captain. I'm so grateful, first of all, He's spoken very forcefully on civil rights issues, on all kinds of political issues. He's on the right side of history. He's an amazing human being. Thank you, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. 
Wiley oh. Miller and his comic strip, Non Sequitur, are back with the LA Times. Yay. Wiley had been dropped by the paper for including the words, Go F yourself, Trump, in <laughs> Non Sequitur's Sunday, February 10th strip. Over 60 papers across the country dropped the strip, but Wiley's back at the LA Times. Good for the LA Times yep. and good for Wiley Miller. Yeah, there you you go. Now, he, he apologized profusely, and the words, Go F yourself, Trump, he actually used the word, are hidden. You have to stare at that thing for a long time. And even if you stare at it, you don't make out the obscenity. And finally, poppy farmers in India are uh, having trouble while cultivating this season's opium crop. Are they? Yeah. In addition to inconsistent rainfall, putting a damper on things, flocks of addicted parrots. Flocks, flocks of addicted parrots are rampaging through the poppy farms, sometimes making 40 visits a day to get their fix. (laughs) You can subscribe to the Weekly Signals Weekly Review podcast at weeklysignals.com. Weeklysignals.com. Subscribe now.